Welcome to our special edition of our Seven Innings podcast, our Olympic edition. The, the news breaking this week that the Olympics will be postponed until sometime next year. And, and we have a very special cast on with us today. I'm Beth Mowens, Holly Rowe, Michelle Smith, Jessica Mendoza, and we are joined by Olympians Monica Abbott, Kat Osterman, Haley McClenney for Team USA, Danielle Laurie, one of our friends with Team Canada. And I guess, ladies, of course, the, the announcement coming that the Tokyo Olympics will be postponed until sometime next year. And we'll start out with you, Matt, Monica, and kind of go around the, the horn. How you heard the news and, and your initial gut reactions to it? Well, um, I heard the news from Coach Erickson first, but I think as, as an athlete training, you could kind of feel it coming. The USOC put out a huge survey to all their athletes where we were able to input some of our feelings and restrictions from training with the coronavirus going on and how it was affecting us. And um, you could kind of feel everything was coming and it was a matter of time before the IOC would come out and make a decision. Kat? Um, I actually found out just scrolling Twitter when I woke up this morning and then um, kind of then opened our group me where Coach E had sent us something. Um, similar to Monica, I think I had already mentally – um, wrapped my head around that there would be most likely a postponement and that it was most likely going to be a year. Um, in fact, I asked my husband when we got back from tour last week or a week and a half ago now um, what it would mean if it was delayed a year and how we would handle that. So I think just from maybe being older, because I look at it as if this had been 08 and I was 25, I don't know that I would understand everything that goes into this, but maybe kind of just having a life experience, I was able to know that this is the right decision. Um, it doesn't mean it doesn't suck. Um, you know, we've all put in a lot of hard work and we're ready for July and getting ready to go compete. But at the same time, I can't help but think that more time to prepare could obviously give us um, a chance to maybe do better than we thought we could be. Danielle, your thoughts? I got a text from our coach, like on Slack. We have the app where we're all like connected and he it was kind of like short and sweet, like, hey, this is what's happening. I uh, just wanted to let you guys know. And then it was within 10 minutes, like, it was as if my phone blew up, social media blew up, and it was like, you're no longer going to the Olympics anymore. So it was like this weird feeling. And for me at that point, it wasn't like I wasn't expecting them to be in July, but I just think, like, everyone really thought that Canada wasn't going to go to the Olympics. And I was like, there's no way in hell these Olympics are going in July. I don't even think they're going to go in September, October. Have I mentally prepared for them to be in a year? No. I haven't had the conversation like Kat with my significant other to see if that's even possible. Um, but I, I continue to keep saying I love that Canada threw the first punch with this. I think that that really takes a stand for the athletes because it was starting to take a toll of thinking, like, if this really does happen in July – how many sports haven't qualified? Like 43, 44 sports still even had their Olympic qualifier yet. That's It's just not fair for how big of a deal and how much effort truly goes into this for it to kick off in July. Haley? Yeah, I think I'm kind of in the same boat with um, a, a lot of other people. I mean, I found out when Coach Erickson texted us, and I was obviously watching TV at that point, and it had come across the screen, you know, breaking news and um, it's just difficult to process right now. I think um, we're kind of in the same boat with a lot of people. Like our, our lives feel like they're on hold. Um, 
And, you know, we've planned our entire lives around the Olympics being in, in Tokyo in 2020. And I mean, you look at Kat, Monica and Danielle, um, people that, you know, have, you know, I had planned on getting married after the Olympics. And then I know Kat has talked about wanting to maybe have a baby, you know, like people have just, you know, like your entire lives are, are on hold at this point. So um, it's difficult to process, but I mean, it's not like our sport hasn't dealt with adversity before. I mean, we got voted out in 2008 and we, our sport, you know, we just keep coming back and we keep throwing punches. And, um, you know, I firmly believe that we're all going to band together as a softball community throughout the world to continue to, to make ourselves the best that we can possibly be in 2021. I have a, I have a question for you ladies, because I feel like there's several layers to this reaction is there's an emotional layer there is a psychological layer for you and then there's a physical layer because I know that age and family situations will determine you know can you come back in a year and Kaylee I like how you said that your lives have been on hold so I just wondered if you could take us through maybe the emotional the psychological and then the physical impact this has on you as athletes yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, I, I think, you know, for, for me, I proposed to my fiance in, um, February of 2019 and we had planned on trying to get married after the Olympics. And, um, now that, I mean, all of that planning and thinking about, you know, you want to do it this day or you want to do it that day or, um, whenever, um, it, it's all been on pause because I don't even know what my life is going to look like now. And, um, it kind of came in like, like a tornado, you know, like everything was just like, all of a sudden we were, we were in Seattle about to play Washington on our tour. And then we have a meeting on the bus and we're all being sent home. And then after we're all sent home right away, it's okay. The NBA season's canceled. Okay. Major league baseball's delayed. Okay. And then these things just start happening and happening. And now the Olympics are delayed. It's just, it's a lot to process, but um, again, I'm really thankful for the people that I have in my corner because I feel like we're all in this together, and I don't think I've ever felt more connected to, to my group of people than I have in this time. I, I have a question um, real quick, ladies, and Monica, Kat, uh, Danielle, you guys have had Olympic experience, um, and, and Haley, this was going to be your first Olympic Games. Softball as a sport, we have not been in the last two Olympic Games. Does that add any angst to this um, surreal kind of time that we're going through. Uh, we were so looking forward to 2020 as a softball community. Kat, what are your thoughts on that after having been out the last two games? Um, you know, I think originally when they first started talking about that it could be delayed, and I know at one point canceled was thrown around, not necessarily officially, and I think that's where the panic set in was like speaking for myself, and I'm sure Danielle and I have talked a little bit, so she's probably in this boat too, but like we came back to make a statement for our sport. And when you say the word cancel, it was like a panic. Of, Are you serious? Because now it's best case scenario, another eight years. And I'm pretty sure both of us are out for that one. Uh, <laughs> I am for sure. But uh, so, it, you know, for this Olympics, it's a statement for our sport to be able to showcase how great we are um, as a sport globally, because I think that's the conception and where things went the vote the first time and so you know to postpone it a year it's it's not terrible for our sport but I think um you know I can speak that I think it's just we all want to be able to make a statement and show everybody how great this sport is on the Olympic stage at a global scale in order for hopefully 
at some point in time we can get back on a permanent docket it would be ideal and not just in and out. But I know this Olympics in particular, we I'm sure we all wanted to go out and make a statement for our sport. When you guys think about just, I know you've all mentioned, you know, talking to fiance, spouses, kids, um, and Danielle's instance, I know you guys are having these conversations right now, but can you guys kind of take us inside like the personal, like what you're trying to plan right now for your future um, and how you go about even doing that right now? Well, I think right now it would, it would be a lie not to say that there is a little bit of a shock factor, a numbness factor, I think for everyone dealing with this because not only did the Olympics stop, but now all, all sports stopped. Um, you know, all organized sports have stopped and we don't know when that's going to pick back up. We don't know, you know, those are, that's our lives. That's our, the way we do things. And so now we have to figure out what step two is and step three and step four. And hopefully, you know, the Olympics will continue and we know that there's eventually going to be a games but it's just a matter of when right now. And that's a really big question. And how do you prepare for something when you don't have a timeline? And I think for me too, it's like, if this was 08 and this situation happened, it would be so easy at 21 to be like, yeah, I can easily do this. But I haven't mentally prepared to number one of the conversation with my husband yet. Um, can we be there when you have that conversation? Oh Let's just do it on this Zoom. I would love to watch this. <laughs> I, that's like, honestly, it's not that I don't think we can find help with the kids. It's like, I don't think people truly understand the grunt work that goes into it for him when I leave. You know, it's like, he's grinded this for two and a half years. Like we saw that the end is near, like our au pair re-extended for an additional six months to go through the Olympics. And it was like, nice. The stars were aligning. Everything was great. And then the rug was pulled out from under us. And I think for me, yes, family first. So I have to figure out that but I also need to mentally prepare to go through this grind. It absolutely is by far the most difficult thing ever. And it's like, I don't know if I'm in a place right now to make that decision. Hey, Moni, I know you playing in Japan for so long. What has been your communication like this whole time with even some of your Japanese teammates that would now be opponents about what's happening in Japan leading up to this decision? Yeah. You know, I've been in, Japan for so long and they I gosh my heart like obviously as a U.S. Olympic athlete and a fan of the Olympic Games having them postponed and everything is just devastating and shocking but even for the Japan committee I mean we have done so many events over there to help prepare for the games and help um, build the hype and the energy for those games and so many people I mean they've been sold out of softball tickets for for almost a year, a year and a half. Um, so that's been huge. And they're such a big country for sports. So gosh, my heart hurts for them and all the preparation work that they've done. But I also know that my teammates in Toyota, you know, they, they just canceled their Japan softball league over there for the first half. And they're trying to deal with the same things that we're dealing with. Um, although the disease isn't as widespread, it's not as traumatic over there as it is in the U.S. right now. Um, they're definitely feeling the effects of it. And, you know, that same kind of heartbroken feeling of what's next and what's ne- what's going to happen now. How do you guys go on physically? How, how do you – are you going to keep training every day now? Do you take a break? Tell us what a physical delay like this means, Danielle, or 
Monica, like when you're pitching, how, how do you go about this now physically? Well, I think for me, like pitching is like riding a bike. Yes, you got to build up the stamina, but I, I mean, I don't need to go pitch for at least a couple months here. I think the working out for me is a break away from my kids that I need. Like that is my time to myself. I feel better and I need to make sure I have that to just keep keep the peace between just everything that's going on. I, I don't really know what our plan is yet because we are pretty big with the strength conditioning with team Canada. And I'm going to have to say to my coach, like I have to take a break from lifting that, that type of a, a vigorous, you know, lifting heavy all the time impacts my body in a negative way. It makes me realize I don't want to do this anymore because it hurts my body. So it's just, I need to come to the place where I get some time to rest from that and just fill my own bucket, be with my kids, do my own personal fitness, and then make that decision in a couple months. Yeah. I think uh, training as far as until we can find out a definite window, I think we kind of, pull back on I'll probably pull back on some of the pitching aspect and then once we get a window start to condition your arm because because you, you know you have the muscle memory you know your softball skills to a T and then you just develop the conditioning level softball conditioning level and then break down the skill work as you get closer and to that window whatever that is but just like any Olympian even Jess here today getting a workout in this morning um, at the start of this call, you know, healthy lifestyle is a thing that I think all of us on this call probably preach and know and ha- being athletic, being um, in shape is a big part of it because when the games do come back, when your next competitive aspect comes in, you'll be far better off if you're in good shape because you're going to feel better about yourself. And at this time, we all need it to keep our mental sanity, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. This is the uh, Seven Innings Podcast, our special Olympic edition. Beth Mullins, Holly Rowe, Michelle Smith, Jessica Mendoza, and uh, joined by our Olympians, Monica Abbott, Danielle Laurie, Kat Osterman, and Haley McClenney. And Haley, we'll, we'll turn back to you here. You talked about the adversity of, of having the dream taken away once before when, when we lost softball in the Olympics, and now it's back, and you have the opportunity, and all of a sudden that dream is deferred again for at least a year. What are some of the younger players who were hoping to go through this experience for the first time? What have you guys been talking about, you know, to prepare yourselves for the moment and now to possibly prepare yourselves for a year delay? Yeah, I think God's just trying to teach us all patience right now. I mean, um, like I said, I've been on the national team for, for seven years now, and um, – you know, as soon as we found out the Olympics were going to be back in Tokyo, we knew that we had a shot to get back in. And then being on the team in 14, being on the team in 15 and 16, and then watching that that moment of, like, actually having on a USA jersey and seeing softball's back in the Olympics, it's official, we're going to play in Tokyo, we're going to play in the 2020 games. Um, everything that you had worked for from – leading up to 2016 and then every year after that it was like I want to make this Olympic roster I want to make this Olympic roster I want to play in the Olympics in Tokyo in 2020 and you've had a seven-year build-up for me I've had a seven-year build-up of wanting to play in these games and to have it taken away obviously is it, it sucks but I mean we'll just push it on to another year and um, I was telling Kylie this morning, my fiance, I was like, if they told me to play an Olympic game in a parking lot on January 1st of 2021, I'm there. Like, 
Um, it like, and like I said earlier, like our, our sport has just been through so much. Um, and I, th- I think there's a lost generation of softball players that, um, you know, if it was in, in 2012, if it was in, in 2016, you know, maybe this situation is, is, isn't as like gut wrenching as it is right now. But for so many people that have just stuck it out, Monica has stuck it out, Kat has stuck it out, Danielle has stuck it out and come back for this moment. Um, it's, it's tough. Um, but I think we're one of the most resilient sports out there. So, um, I think the young ones are going to keep, keep pushing those older ones to be like, Hey, you can do this. You're going to be better. Kat's going to be better at 38 than she is at 37. Like <laughs> I trust. Yeah, that, Kat. You know I mean? and, um, <laughs> Dilo gonna, still you know, has the Velo. It's yeah. like a fine wine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, you know, you just keep getting better. So, I mean, we had talked about, you know, we were going to prepare six months for six games and now you're looking at preparing for 18 months for those six games. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So you can flip, you can, you can see both sides of that. Well, we've talked about the emotional and like the physical part of it, but like there is a reality with the financial component and Kat, I know, you know, you're a coach, you've had to put that, you know, down, I know for all of you, but Kat, can you talk about kind of how you're now going to in another year financially, how you handle this? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, when I said I had that conversation with my husband last week was more of, can we make this work? And, um, hadn't, have not had conversations obviously with, um, the powers to be at Texas state yet um, about what this, like I took a leave of absence this year, which essentially meant, um, I went to part-time hours. I was, I was really honestly a director of ops from the road, um, doing itineraries and food orders and such like that. So that way I could still get paid some. Um, and I had to to coach Woodard. She made that happen um, because easily it could have just been leave without pay. Um, so that's been appreciated for this year, but even personally, I can't really, I can't really see having to put her through that again next year. Um, and so we'll have conversations as it goes forward, but um, you know, even then having to go into partial pay, I had to, we, we have to make ends meet here at the house. And so Husband and I just had to talk about, you know, can we make that work? And that's a reality of our situation. And, you know, Jess, you've obviously, and Smitty, you've been through it. I mean, you don't, being, having Olympia next to your name doesn't mean all of a sudden you have millions of dollars in your bank account. Sometimes I think the general public assumes because you're an Olympian, you're the status of like an NBA star, and that's not how it happens. So the reality is there are financial aspects that we're going to have to make sure we can still work. I think. Thankfully, I'm as stingy as my dad, and I saved a ton from when I was younger, so I think we can make it work. But, um, you know, that's not necessarily the case for everybody, and I think we all have to look at how finances are going to go into the account for the next 12 months. Kat, I saw yeah. Texas State play live this year, and they're really, really good. They took Minnesota and Baylor to extra innings on the same day, so I wanted to give your Texas State team a little shout-out. They were fantastic. That. They are. They are a scrappy, very passionate bunch. So it was fun playing them on the other side this year. They were probably the most annoying I had ever heard them. <laughs> they, yeah. they were on you. They were giving you a hard time, Kat. It was fun to see, though, because I know it all came from their heart, and they just loved you so much. Well, and I, I think another aspect um, that kind of complexes the story, I know for a lot of you guys, um, for the athletes right now, is the endorsement um, aspect of it, knowing that we were in 2020, out of 2024 in Paris, and then potentially back in for 2028 in LA. Um, and now the, you know, the game's being pushed back to 2021. Have any of you thought about, and I know it's very early, but 
the timing of when the event actually comes come, comes out in 2021. I know that the weather particularly is beautiful in the spring. Um, have any of you thought about if the games are actually held in the spring versus the summer of 2021? Does that make a difference in any of the decisions? Um, obviously, it's also the collegiate softball season as well. The sooner the better. Let's get it going. Yeah. I mean <laughs> – I yeah, was hoping I, for something in the fall because the weather would have been a little bit cooler. So, I mean, for me, I am not the only one to, to feel that way. I know a lot of my teammates were saying the same thing. Like, let's maybe push it when it's not 120 on the turf field. So You don't like the heat? I don't mind it. I would prefer to not pitch in it. but <laughs> No, and that's a good point, Danielle, because a lot of people who have not ever, like, maybe been to Japan or played in Japan, they don't realize how humid it is in the summers in uh, July and August. It is unbearable uh, in Japan. Some of the most beautiful weather over there is absolutely in the fall, uh, October, November, beautiful months in Japan, as well as uh, uh, April and May. So it will be interesting to see what the IOC and the Japan Organizing Committee does decide on when they actually hold the games. You guys, you guys think for a second, if you had a favorite moment, uh, from your training or from, uh, for you, uh, U.S. folks, your tour, if there was a, a moment with a young fan or something like that, I, I will say this about the schedule. It's going to be very interesting because, of course, you also have a lot of the other team sports that will still be going on. Like the, the, the basketball teams weren't even selected yet. We kind of had an idea. Obviously, the NBA is in season in the in the fall or the spring. The virus will have a huge impact on it, how quickly we can feel comfortable getting back out there uh, in, in the public. Um, and, and I think, you know, just to put into perspective how significant this is, the games have only been canceled three times, and those were due to world wars. So this is our first postponement, and about 57% of the athletes – uh, had already qualified. So will they continue to keep all those teams together? We still don't know who the swim teams or the gymnastics or the track and field teams were, or the soccer teams. So a lot of that is going to go into play when they determine when to field the games. It won't necessarily be in the summer, but they do hope to be able to go at some point next year. So we'll kind of go around the horn here and start out with you this time, Dilo. Did you have a favorite moment or a you know, something where you realized how important it is to have softball back in the games and, and to give us something to hang our hats on for at least another uh, six to 12 months to get ready for the games. I think for me, our Olympic qualifier in White Rock, having my kids there and my family there for me and just being able to qualify in that type of way was something that I think will be ingrained in my mind forever. You know, getting to kiss my kids before I'm going into games and they just get to just see what's going on. And that, I think that just humbles me and makes me realize like this was a huge factor in why I decided to do this, these kids. And there'll be another reason why I try to fight out another year. Cause I want to see, I want them to see me set a goal and do it. And also they're such a huge part of it, the motivation and they're getting better too. So They've definitely been people that have continued kids to motivate me throughout this whole thing, and qualifying on home soil is pretty special. Kat? I think thinking about it, I have two. Um, The first would have been the day we were named as the Olympic team because um, we were all in, you know, leggings and various tank tops or T-shirts and whatever else, and Coach Erickson made sure we brought our gloves to the field house where we were having meetings. And we literally went out and played catch like kids for the first time, um, giggling. And I don't know if Haley remembers, but 
as soon as we took the field, I jumped on her back and was like, guess what? You're an Olympian. Um, and just to be part of that with a generation that ultimately thought they weren't going to be able to do it um, was pretty special. And then the second one is um, kind of Kochi let me start the first game of tour. And not many people really, I think, took the um, symbolism that he was doing for that, but I understood. And for me, 2010, when we walked away, completely different story and longer story than we have time for, but I didn't think I'd wear USA across my chest again. So it was a pretty cool moment. Monica? Um, so I mean, there's been a lot of really good moments, but I think just the stand beside her tour kicking off this year again and being able to take the game to more and more fans playing in St. Pete and then also out in Palm Springs, you can really see the growth and how much softball has transcended in all generations, whether it's the eight-year-old to the 50-year-old to um, – the brothers and the dads and the, and the guy fans as well as, as well as the female fans. And I just think to see how many people have fallen in love with the sport over, over the years and how, um, how much this sport is uniting and coming together um, to put on a world stage and to be excited for the Olympic games again is just warms my heart and gives so much hope and joy to me. Hey, Mac. Yeah, I ditto to everything that Kat and Monica said right there. Um, I remember Kat jumping on my back very vividly. So thank you for bringing that up. That brought that made my heart <laughs> smile for a second there, Kat. But um, I think for me and I think for a lot of the younger girls on the team right now, it was like this was the first time in our lives that we felt like professional athletes it was being on the tour. Um, we had we had never experienced anything like that um, where on, our literal only focus was just to play softball. And that was such a fun feeling. And I could see how much better that we were getting. And, um, you know, it sucks to have it taken away. But, like, there are so many memories that I already have from being on tour. What were we on tour for? Like, six weeks? I don't even remember. It went by so fast. But um, getting to play all those colleges, going to Arizona and playing against Coach Candrea and, and, you know, having the hostile environment at, at Florida and getting to play Texas State and have Cap pitch in that game, like – there's so many cool moments from that. And um, I think all the young ones now, like we know what it takes to be on tour. We know what it takes to truly prepare for the Olympics. So maybe we can use this time to, to hone in on that a little bit more, you know, over the next few months. Well, Haley, Kat, Danielle, Monica, thank you guys so much for joining us and, and uh, sharing some of your thoughts. Uh, we're not only recording an audio podcast, but we have video on right now of everybody. And, and I think all the emotions are there that all softball fans are feeling the joy of, uh, whew, uh, of being able to share time with you and to watch you guys play. Um, the bummage that we can hear in your voices and see on your faces that, uh, we'll have to wait a little while longer. Um, the fact that Holly Rowe is wearing her USA shirt from the 2012 Olympics and wearing it proudly um, because we're all so excited um, not only to watch our, our friends in basketball and, and soccer and all the other team sports, uh, but, but to watch our softball friends again and the, the unfortunate reality that we'll miss that opportunity this summer and certainly all looking forward to that opportunity and hopefully seeing all of you and all of your teammates um, next year sometime in Tokyo. Thank you much for joining us, everybody. Uh, this is the 7 Innings Podcast, and uh, we'll be back with you again soon with your softball family.